Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at newbalance.com. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome in to another edition of Inside Carolina's Scouting Reports, or UNC Football Scouting Reports, the man in the middle or the man on the side of your screen, Jason Staples. We're sponsored by Johnny T-Shirt and JohnnyT-Shirt.com. I'm your host, Tommy Ashley. That's Jason, of course. This is the Running Back Scouting Report. We're going to start with Amarion Hampton. Jason, we were talking off air. This is a young man who is built like a tank, has good size, has zero body fat, it appears. If he can figure it out um, from the running back position, North Carolina seems to be pretty good there. Yeah, and you can say that about a lot of the guys on the on the roster. If he can just figure it out this year and become that guy, then – Boy, the sky's the limit. Uh, they've got they've got some they've got bodies in the uh, in this in this running back room to really have a high ceiling. And Hampton is maybe the best example of that. Uh, he's a guy that what two hundred twenty pounds, and there's no there's there's no uh, there's nothing to cut from that two hundred twenty pounds <laughs> at you know six foot two twenty, and you know just has muscles on muscles it, it just that that kind of player and then adds to that you know he ran 10 7 in the 100 meters in high school that's that's, that's moving going. yeah so has some real breakaway speed i mean he, he can run and hide when he gets in the open field i don't think he showed quite as much speed in the in 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 pads last year as you would expect from a guy that, that's 10 7 you know didn't didn't quite have the uh the, the as much football speed in the long speed as you would as you would hope from that but still looked fast so you know you combine all that and physically speaking when it comes to running fast in a straight line and being able to lift a lot of weight and run you know run over guys he has he has the goods. Thing is, running back is about more than that. And last year he struggled some with some of those other things, and, and especially with vision. And vision might be the single most important thing for a running back. You you see guys that are, you know, a little little uh, smaller than than average, maybe not the fastest guy in the world, but they have elite vision, and those guys can be good backs despite those other things. And then every so often you see these guys that are, you know, big and strong and super fast and just can't put it all together. Vision is the most important thing. And last year 
that was a bit of an issue for Omarion. If he can fix that this year, then he's he's one of the two guys that's getting the most carries, I think. But there were times last year where it looked like he was running with his eyes closed. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's that's something that he's going to have to have to deal with. And, and part of that, I think, is that he does a really good job of running with a low pad level. But there are times where he's running, he's, he's, I think, trying to keep his pads so low that he actually gets his head too low to be able to actually see, see well. He's going to have to sync up his eyes and his feet and run with a run in a good position so that he can actually see and do that with some patience. So the other thing that he would do last year is he'd get the ball and he'd already be going 80 miles an hour into the you know kind of direction that he's supposed to go. Okay, the hole's going to be here or it should be here. And then it turned out the hole wasn't quite there. It's over, you know, just over here, you know, a yard or half a yard. But he's already going so fast here that he couldn't he couldn't hit the hit the hole, the correct hole with the kind of burst that you want. If he can slow himself down a little bit when he first gets the football so that he can actually sync up his feet and his eyes and time it so that he goes from 30 or 40 miles an hour to, to 90 in that, in that moment, as soon as he sees the crease, now you're looking at a player who can actually get it done as, as a back. That's something that can be a little hard to learn. I mean, like slow down to be fast, right? It's so counterintuitive, but that's what you have to do as a running back is you have to be patient enough to be able to see it all develop and to do that with your feet in just the right spot so that as soon as you see it, your feet are already in position to be able to make that cut and go. I mean, Javante Williams was the guy who was one of the best at this. You could see this with him. You go back and you watch him and he, he's, he's got the ball in the backfield. He's going, you know, picking along just a little bit and then boom, accelerates through a hole that you didn't even see was there, but he could tell it was about to open. That's what Hampton needs to get to. If he can learn to do that and and not be as much of a one speed runner where you get the ball and it's a hundred miles an hour, oh, hundred miles an hour into the back of his offensive line. Okay. Well, you know, slow down a little bit, slow down a little bit, you know, you know, young buck and see if you can pick through and find that hole. All of a sudden he's, he's a guy that, that can be more threatening. The other thing that was a little bit disappointing with him last year is given his physique and his physical traits, only 15 missed tackle. He only forced 15 missed tackles on 89 carries last year. So, you know, and you add that to five catches as well. He forced a missed tackle on only 15% of his touches last year. You, Surprising. If you're, if you're that dude, your job is to force force guys to miss tackles, you know, and, and you'll hear me say this over and over again about running backs, the running backs, you know, they've got several jobs. First job is pass protection. You make sure your quarterback doesn't get killed in pass protection. <laughs> None of the running backs were great in pass blocking last year. Hampton was a true freshman. He kind of, who came in, who was not an early enrollee. You kind of expect him to struggle a little bit there. But number one is that. Num- well, number you could say that's you know sort of one A or one B. The other one is don't put the ball on the ground, don't fumble. Hampton had two last year, and a couple big ones. So don't put the ball on the ground. Don't get your quarterback killed. Those are the first two things at the running back position. After that, 
the next most important thing is your job is to let the offensive line get you to a certain spot, and then you have to win one-on-ones. The offensive line's job, the offensive coordinator's job, is to set you up with one-on-ones against a guy at the second level. And your job is to win that matchup. And running backs who don't win that matchup are guys that don't play. It's as simple as that. And last year, 15% of touches, he forced a missed tackle. And, ha- and, and, and had 2.37 yards per contact, or yards after contact. That's what has to improve. Now, a lot of that has to do with not putting himself in position to be accelerating through the hole in those into those one-on-one matchups where he's got you know a two-way go and can and can use that that uh, physical capacity that he has to break a tackle. You know, if you're not in position to break the tackle, you're not going to do it. So that's what he's got to do. All the potential in the world. Now it's just a matter of can he put it together as a uh, as a developed player to take advantage of those traits. Yeah, I think a lot of times see, what he was able to do in high school is just plow people, and you can't do it in college as much. Hampton certainly has the ability, certainly has the body to, to get all that done. Let's let's move on down the list. George Petaway, guy that came in with Hampton. A uh, lot of people, uh, rightfully so, want to see him get a lot of touches, want to see him be a part of that backfield, uh, certainly a different type back than Hampton. Jason, what did you see from George Petaway on his limp, you know, relatively limited snaps last season, and then he was injured a lot of the spring? So George is a smaller back, and they list him at 195. But when you look at him out there, he does not look 195. So maybe he is, but and just carries it really well. But the thing that stands out to you as soon as he gets the, gets his hands on the ball is the burst. He he really has, I would say, outstanding burst. Uh, very quick, and I think he did flash some good vision at times. He's he the the issue for him was just that with his frame and overall lack of, of, of body mass and, and a little bit of strength. He was a guy that, you know, just sort of went down or got slowed down too easily if a guy got a hand on him. But he's a guy that in space, you get him that one-on-one matchup and he's going to win it most of the time. So uh, Pro Football Focus has a, uh, an elusiveness rating that they, that they uh, put together on the basis of missed tackles, forced, and... Uh, yards after contact and a variety of other things. And, you know, on 26 carries last year, his elusiveness rating was 126.4. Anything over 100 is good. So that's encouraging. You know, that's 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 a that's a solid thing. Now, for what it's worth, uh, Hampton, and I'm, I'm sure some are wondering right now, Hampton, Hampton was at 42.9. Wow. Right. So, you know, if you're going to if you were going to guess based on last year, which of these guys is going to be a little higher on the chart this year? I would guess Petaway, just because you're looking at a guy that overall uh, was able to force more missed tackles per, per rush, got a little bit higher yards after contact, 3.95 yards after contact is not bad. So some positives, but again, most of Petaway's reps were against the lower level competition early in the year. You know, he had a couple big runs against FAMU. You know, the question is, is he going to be strong enough 
and uh and consistent enough at the ACC level to be in that top two this year. He's got to get stronger. He's got to get thicker through the waist and or thicker through the hips. That is so that he's, uh, he's, he's not going to get slowed down when, when a guy gets a hand on him. But you know, one of the practices that I went to the spring, you watched, I, I watched him burst and just take off for about 50 yards. And it was one of those like on field, you're like, okay, that kid can run. Mm-hmm. And, and that's one of the things that, Look, if you can make big plays from the running back position like that, just because you see the you see the seam and you hit it and you make that linebacker miss and then you're gone, those guys find ways to get on the field eventually. And uh, I think he's going to have some chances to uh, to to get there. Uh, he also, you know, he was a really good receiver in high school. He had a couple drops uh, as a receiver, you know, two th- five catches and two drops last year, and the drops were bad. But if he can if he can be consistent catching the football as well, I think he could have a role as a as a third down guy for Carolina at least. And that's kind of what I would project him as this year is is he's he would be the guy that I would probably pick out of this group to be my third down back if I if I had a third down back. Indeed, George Petaway and availability. Uh, and you guys stay healthy. Another guy going out of order a little bit, another guy that availability has been an issue, but talent and skill is not. And that's Caleb Hood. Jason, we saw him against App State make some plays. He got hurt on a long run there and, and sort of stayed dinged up most of the rest of the year. And then I think he got dinged a little bit in spring. But anyway, he, he is a guy whose health is an issue, quite frankly. Um, what did they say back in the day? The best ability is availability. Hood has struggled with it. But break down his talent and skill set for this North Carolina team. Yeah, you think about this. He got injured and missed – pretty much all of his freshman season or almost all of it. He missed most of his sophomore season. Then he missed both springs. Not good. Yeah. He's been, he's been in the train. He spent more time in the training room than he has on the field. So that's the problem. Now the plus is he's the biggest back. He's two thirty. Uh, has a, you know, th- high thirties vertical. So you look at the explosiveness that's there and, excellent contact balance one of those guys that that shows the ability shows that he can break tackles although again same thing with 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 hood as with uh with omari and hampton last year on 44 carries five missed tackles forced like come on guys that's your job you got to force missed tackles you've got to you know yards after contact 2.84 that should be north of three you'd like it to be north of even that but uh he's he's at the same time he's a guy that has i think of this whole group hood has probably on the field maybe with the exception of of british brooks has shown the most intriguing sort of combination of of vision frame speed quickness all of that because there, there were times where, you know, you could see Hood, the, the light bulb starting to go on. And you saw that again uh, uh, against App State last year. You saw that against Virginia Tech last year, where it's like, okay, he's just now starting, like it's starting to come on. Like this guy has enough talent that you can see it. It's, it's happening. And then the next thing you know, he goes down and he's hurt. You're like, Man, come on. So... You know, he's another guy that should be able to uh, 
to put himself in position to be one of those two top guys. I mean, they want to have two guys that get the bulk of the carries. If Caleb Hood is healthy all season, I would bank on him probably being one of those two guys based on what we've seen so far. But what do you think the odds of Caleb Hood being healthy all season are? So far, those odds look real small. Yeah, that's definitely a valid valid point. Yeah. So, I mean, again, I think he's got good natural vision. He started to get his eyes and his and his feet synced up nicely last year. Uh, he, you know, he he is able to run with with a little bit of a change of speed from when he gets the ball to when he bursts through. So that's good. Uh, I would really like to see him improve his hip. It's this is really nitpicking, but I'd like to see him improve his hip flexor strength <laughs> because. Just when you look at his gait when he's running, I'd like to see him work through getting a little bit more. Uh, he he's, he shuffles a little bit as a runner. I'd like to see him get those knees up a little bit once he actually finds space, and I think he'd be a little bit more explosive if he did that. So that's one of those things that as a strength and conditioning type thing, that's what I would I would be supplementing some of what he does with with a number of um, the hip flexor strength and explosion uh, auxiliaries to help him on that. But really for him, it's, you know, running backs with shoulder problems wind up having a lot of problems. You know, they, they have trouble staying on, on the field and he's had shoulder injuries now two years straight. So, you know, the, the right decision was made in the spring, keep him off the field, keep him from getting any contact during the spring. Hopefully that shoulder can hold up after getting a, a, enough rest and rehab. But that's really, for me, the thing that needs to happen is he needs to, he needs to be healthy. And if he does, I think he's one of the two guys that gets the most carries. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Yep, he, he he can play. And he was one of our Players Lounge guests earlier in the summer. If you haven't checked it out, go check it out at Inside Carolina YouTube channel. Um, moving on down the line, we'll go Elijah Green. He sort of stepped up and took over uh, the running back room late in the season. Uh, you know, it, it's a guy who I thought may be in the portal at some point. Um, but really showed his worth for North Carolina the last half of the season. Jason, you've got him ranked or reviewed, and then you have his potential. What do you see from 
the young Mr. Green. Yeah, this is a guy who I think has one of the smallest gaps between floor and ceiling at this point. You know who he is. He's played enough. Uh, you know, he had 131 carries last year and through the meat of the schedule. So you kind of know what he is. You know who he is. And I think uh, one of the things that you find with him is a guy that uh, he's found a way to, to keep himself on the field when other guys couldn't last year. Ultimately, he... he he was the, he was one of the last guys standing last year as a guy that was consistent enough to be on the field, was healthy enough to be on the field and was reliable enough in, you know, the things that they asked him to do to be a solid player. Uh, but I think that's basically what you're getting with him is a solid player. Now he's, he's got legitimate long speed. You know, if he gets into the, into the open field with a clear lane and it's a hundred meter race, against you know one of the guys in the secondary he's going to win that more often than not i think he i think he can really run on straight lines the issue for him is that he's not a guy that has a ton of wiggle you have to you have to open up that straight lane and again here's the refrain from you know there's been some consistent stuff across different position groups so far 131 carries 23 tackles uh, uh 23 missed tackles forced 2.76 yards after contact elusiveness grade from P uh, pro football focus 46.5. You got to make the first guy miss more often. You got to break more tackles at the second level to be that guy. Now, can he be a good player? Can you win with him at running back? Yes. 4.3 yards per carry. Okay. You know, get a few breakaway touchdowns where he does have that lane. Sure. But you got to win more one-on-one -on -one ba uh, battles. You've got to get uh, more out of each carry when you have an opportunity to win one-on-one. -on -one. And the other thing is, pass protection-wise, he, he whiffed on some pretty bad ones last year. And for an older player, he's got to do a better job in pass protection. That's one of those things. As a veteran, if you're going to differentiate yourself from the more talented young guys behind you, you better be perfect. You better clean up every single thing and pass protection and some of those things. And there were some mistakes last year that, that, you know, cost him a sack or two, for example, you know, I, I can, I'm thinking of one in particular against NC state. That was a, a big deal and you can't miss those. And, and so that's, that's kind of where he is, but I think he's a, a quality player with a high floor. It's just a matter of, can he find more ceiling to, to hold off some of the younger talent? And he had a long run call back against uh, Georgia Tech there that maybe changes the outcome of that game. But that is Elijah Green, last name on the list, British Brooks. Jason, British Brooks is rapidly or has rapidly become a legend on the Inside Carolina message boards for his performance against NC State in Raleigh a couple years ago. And then he had a good run against South Carolina as well. Uh, hurt last year in the spring, quite frankly, and I'm no doctor. I was shocked that he did not have a sleeve on his leg um, when we saw him in the open practice. Your take on British, he is certainly the veteran of the bunch. He's the one guy, he's the one guy of this group who has shown, who has proven himself at, at, against top competition to be able to, to be more than average so far. All of these guys have the capacity to be more than that. He's the one guy who's done it at this point. Now he's only done it over, 
you know, he had 24 carries in, in 2020 and 31 in 2021. Most of those in 2020 were garbage time. So he's only got 31 carries in any sort of lead role and did a lot with those 31 carries in 2021 that, you know, enough to get you to go, okay, wow, this guy's really, really got it. But that's a really small sample size, right? So can he do it over the, over the course of a whole season? We don't know, but we know against NC state, we know, uh, we know that he's done it in against top competition or at least against, you know, rivalry competition, perhaps I wouldn't necessarily say NC state is top competition, but, uh, you know, he's done it at, at the ACC level to, to play really well. You look at those 31 carries, he forced 18 missed tackles on 31 carries in 20. Now we're talking. Yeah. Now we're talking right yards per yards after contact 4.35. Okay. Like those are numbers. You put that over the course of a season and you're looking at elite numbers, you know, elusiveness rating from, from uh, pro football focus 252.9 in those 31 carries right now. That's going to come down over the course of a whole season. I mean, that's, it's really rare. You're going to get above 200, but that's what he put up. And that's why he kind of became a, a, a message board legend. And I do wonder what they would have looked like if with him in the backfield last year, but if that's the level of play you're getting from him consistently over the course of the season, now you're talking about a guy that's, you know, in, in the running for all ACC, all ACC teams. So, you know, that's the question. Now, the thing is, he looked like a completely different player in those carries late in 2021 than he had in prior seasons. And that was one of the questions at the end of the season. You remember we were all asking like, man, why didn't he get more carries earlier in the year? My goodness, what happened? It's because he had not shown that in prior years. You looked at you look at his carries against Texas A&M in the bowl game in 2020, and he didn't win at the second level at that rate. So some somehow the light bulb clicked on, and you know he he was able to 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 do what he needed there. But again, 65 career carries in five seasons. But you know he's won a lot of one on one battles through those particular uh, those particular carries. And he does have that thick muscular build. I mean, he's not, he's not as tall as Omari and Hampton, you know, Hampton's six foot two twenty or so. Uh, British Brooks though is listed at five ten and a half two twenty six. I mean, he's a brick house. I mean, he is, he is really put together and, you know, has, ha- you know, plays with the leverage that you would expect from that and, and does break a lot of tackles at the second level. If he's anywhere near the player that he looked like at the end of 2021, there's your there's your number one running back for this season. I don't think there's any question about that. But you're looking at a guy that's one year removed from a major knee injury. So, you know, I mean, that's the question. We, we don't know what you're going to get there. There are a lot of questions there. Uh, but, you know, and, and the other thing is that he's a guy that's more bursty than he, than long speed. I mean, he's, you know, I have him as a kind of a high four or five guy. He's not a guy that, that is going to run away every time he's in the secondary. You're going to get a lot of, you know, 20, 30, you know, yard type runs when he wins at the second level rather than 60, 70 yard runs, a run that, you know, say George Petaway or uh, uh, Elijah green might take to the house because they'll outrun the secondary, you know, Brooks may get 30 or 40 on, 
you know, that, that's, that's a difference. The difference, the other difference though, is whereas those guys might get stopped for five yards on another run or get stopped for two yards, Brooks may with his vision and some of those other things, breaking that tackle at that next level may get 15. So, you know, that's kind of what you're trading out, but I see him if he, if he is anywhere near healthy and anywhere near the level that he was in 2021, he's your primary running back. I think he gets 130 to 180 carries and should be productive. Uh, again, the only question is, is can he handle the workload once you, once he's healthy and, and playing at that level, can he put that, those numbers up over a longer season? But he's, he, to me, he has to start at, at the number one spot. Interesting take there. We have gone player by player. Jason Staples discussing the North Carolina running backs. A stacked room. A lot of talent in the room, Jason. Overall assessment. I think North Carolina needs to be better here. Clearly better than they were last year. What's your overall take on this spot for North Carolina? Chip Lindsay's offense. Well, I mean, it's a room that has five guys. And, you know, you're adding a sixth uh, in, in recruiting that uh, we didn't even talk about. But it's got five guys with at least a year in the program who have ACC-level bodies. The question is, do you have a single guy in that room that is a top-level player? Not, not, not a top-level body. I mean, I think you look – like you pointed out, you look at – you know, Omarion Hampton, and he's going to win the underwear Olympics when he goes to the, uh, you know, if he gets, if he gets asked to go to the NFL combine, they're going to love him the way he looks. But I'm talking about, I'm talking about in pads, actual performance. You got five guys. Can you find one or two of them? that are going to play at a very good, not, not an average, not a, not a slightly above average, but at a very good level in the ACC. So far, of those five guys, not one of them has managed to sustain that for over two games. And the only one of them that's done that did it for two games and then got hurt. So to me right now, if you were assessing this room, I would say it's a whole lot of average with the possibility of a whole lot more than average. The level, the difference between the floor and the ceiling in the in the running back room is really high, because you have guys that have traits that you go, man, if he he's got this, this, and this, but if he can just add this, all of a sudden now now you got something going. You know, with Caleb Hood, it's availability. With you know Elijah Green, it's a little wiggle. With George Petaway, it's getting getting stronger. With Omarion Hampton, it's growing a pair of eyes. With British Brooks, it's being healthy. All of these guys have one thing that seems to be kind of holding them back. If any of them get that one thing kind of taken care of, now you've got a, a top-level ACC back. Is it going to happen? You hope so. you got enough bodies that you know, you, you're, you're banking on it. Uh, and if I, were, if I were a betting man, I would bet on at least one of them kind of getting there. But who's going to do it? And it's going to be a hard thing to kind of shake out during camp, but they're going to have to figure that out and they're going to have to find a way to get better play overall out of this room. That is Jason Staples. This has been UNC Football Scouting Reports. Of course, find Jason's work on Tar Pit Premium Message Boards. It is ongoing. It will go most of July. Uh, we'll be back to talk tight ends and wide receivers and then quarterbacks. That's Jason. I'm Tommy. We're sponsored by Johnny T-Shirt, johnnytshirt.com. Mm. Thanks, folks. We'll see you again soon.
What's up, y'all? This is four-time NBA champ Andre Iguodala. Yo, and this is his best friend, the Ohio State legend, Evan Marcel Turner the first. Every Wednesday, we drop a new episode on our show, Point Four. We're talking basketball, business, and all the culture in between. From locker room stories to some basketball analysis from those who've been in the game. Now, it is a do-bet. Do average 29 and 11. God, what it take to be an all-star? A win. Subscribe to Point Forward, the podcast, so you don't miss a thing.